Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Like she said, my name is Rachel Turner and um, I am one of the youth leaders here and I get to come and preach. And this week I was speaking at the New Wine Leaders Conference, which was happening in Harrogate, which is great because a lot of my friends come into town and I don't have to go to them. So it's like, you know, everyone comes and you can just line them all up in meetings. Uh, the, the totally bizarre experience was a lot of us had never met each other in real life. Yeah. And so, which was weird because what you did was someone would walk up to you and you go, oh, hi, hi. And then universally, everyone would take a step back and go, and look each other up and down. It was the weirdest experience because that is not a normal thing. Hello, how are you? But we all just were trying to get used to the fact that you had a body. It's like, I, it's not how I pictured that. I don't know, it was weird. And one guy came up to me to talk and my brain was going, you know him really well, you know him really well. And his face was so familiar and I could not figure it out because he came up to me and he's talking and talking. And I'm thinking, it's so, I can't figure it out. And he's introducing me to people. It took me ages to figure out because he bent down to pick something up and that's when I saw his face from the angle that I normally see it at <laughs> and could recognize him because when you're looking at someone's chin, that is not the angle that I was used to. And he finally bent down and I was like, oh, it's Ed. Of course it's Ed, but your body was not what I thought would be. Uh, it was also excellent in terms of surprises because nobody's seen, you know, like I can tell it's my husband because how my husband walks. He walks like this. Like next time you'll see him, you'll see that he does. And he walks like this. So from far away, even if I can't see his face, I know what his walk looks like. Except none of us have that information about each other anymore. So I would watch regularly people standing in queue 10 minutes, and then they went to pick something up, and someone goes, oh, oh my goodness, because they had no idea what the back of their head looked like, how tall they were. It was like this constant surprise of getting to know people. It was, it was exciting. It was exciting. So, you know, that was my week. Um, right, I'm here to talk about... Uh, lament. <clears throat> lament. <laughs> yes, lament is a serious thing. And uh, except I get the fun bit. So over the past couple of months, we've been talking about how lament is, and, and lament's not a normal word. I feel like it should be the challenge. Just use, the, drop that into normal conversation this week somewhere. Oh yeah, I was just hanging out, lamenting, and uh, then popped by Waitrose. Uh, it's, it's not a word that we normally use, but it's a word that is in scripture over and over again. And it talks about this honest cry of a hurting heart over something that is painful, wrong, or unjust. Uh, and we talk about these four things you guys have been working through. We've been talking through turn to God, which you've talked about, bring your complaint, which I hear was excellent, ask boldly, and choose to trust. And today, we're an ask boldly. Uh, because God hears when we cry out. He hears when we cry out, and he comes close, and he comforts us. And we've been spending weeks talking about how we identify those emotions, and how we cry out to him authentically, and how we do it in the moment. And he comes close. But that is not the end of lament. Lament is not just going, so hard. And then it ends. That isn't it. It's, it's so hard. And then we get to do something. And what we get to do, not only is come close to God, but we get to boldly ask. 
Now, when I was prepping this sermon, I started pulling all sorts of scripture in, but I thought, you know what? We're in Psalms. We're going to stick with Psalms. So even just in Psalms, boldly asking looks kind of bold, I guess. I guess. Look what he says. If you flip through it, it's always fun. I always fun to flip through the Psalms and just drop in because you're always like, are you allowed to say that? Because he says over and over again, arise, O Lord. Are you allowed to tell God to, like, get up and do something? Evidently. Arise, O Lord. Uh, grant us help. Remember your covenant. I love, like, reminding God of his promises. Like, remember you said this. I'm just reminding you. Remember your covenant. Let justice be done. Don't remember our sins. Restore us. Don't be silent. Teach me. Vindicate me. I mean, he gets even more exciting, and he's like, bring down fire on my enemies because they're saying bad stuff about me behind my back. I mean, he gets really passionate of asking bold stuff. And, and when I come to pray, I will guarantee you most of my time I'm not that bold. I feel like we have this, um, this range sometimes because we have, we have all these huge things that are going on. We have war. I mean, this war is not just, you know, the Ukraine is, is, is not the only war that's going on right now. Two million people have been displaced in Ethiopia over the last 16 months. You know, there are wars all over the world, over and over again. Afghanistan is still wrestling with the oppression that's going on. There is war everywhere. We have all of these emotions about it, and we want to pray, and we can feel powerless of what to do. We're surrounded by influencers and social media that are, that are crying out to influence our, us and our children and our, within our minds, and we're crying out of how do we combat the world. We are um, facing financial struggles in our lives. Anybody else kind of worried about whether or not, this, maybe this could be me, whether or not I can pay for the, the hike in gas? Like, we got that new bill, and I about passed out. <laughs> And I was like, I don't know where I'm going to find this money, God. Like, there is, there is financial stuff that's happening. There are medical diagnoses that we are waiting for, that we are living with, that we are living with. And if we don't know how to pray about it, we get stuck in just the first half of lament, which is it's so hard. Now, I find in my personal life, I swing wildly between two different ends of the spectrum. Uh, I go from... Uh, if I'm feeling in a bad way, I sometimes find myself in this powerless end of prayer where all I have is to beg God for a little bit of his attention. Please, just please, please, God, can you just make this go away? Like, like, please, I don't want to bother you. I know you're dealing with the war in Ethiopia and Afghanistan, and I know there are other people farther worse off, but please, God. And I find I'm in this sort of begging corner of of could you please just do one nice thing for me because I need, I need it. But I'm kind of scared to, to ask because what if he doesn't do it and then I'll be super disappointed? Or, or on the other end, sometimes I'm like, I am a child of the living God and I can ask anything I want because of who I am. And then I, I go for the, for the who I am. I am loved. I can ask for anything side of it. And when I look at scripture, I don't see that either of those positions are the one that God is necessarily aiming for. When he looked at the Pharisees, he was like, I don't want your bold smugness of how great you are to come to me and be like, I deserve all your goodness, God, because look how good I am. 
Uh, nor is he saying, don't be helpless and on the side. He's constantly saying in scripture, you know, don't worry about using all the fancy words. Just tell God what you need. Uh, he says you don't um, have because you don't ask. He's saying, you know, don't just stay there waiting and crying. Ask something. So there's this movement to be more bold and this movement to be not so bold in yourself. And what is the, the middle ground that we're supposed to occupy? Hebrews 4, 6. Um, I find so helpful in this. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with boldness so that, we wait, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We're bold to approach the throne of grace because of who he is. Not because of any words that I could say to persuade God to do it or any goodness that I could possibly have to convince him that I'm worthy of it. But we get to pray out of our lament because of who God is, because of who you, God, are. And I know that because I've been taught it, I've read it, and I've experienced it. And I think there is something really significant about praying out of who God is rather than praying out of what we desperately need for ourselves. Because when I'm looking at myself, all I'm picturing is, am I good enough? Have I done enough? Has God loved me enough to do this thing? As opposed to just looking at God and saying, you are all of these things. And so, of course, you will do what you are because this is who you act as. I think sometimes we get stuck in the why. We get stuck in the why. Why has God done this? Why God, hasn't God done this? Should, if I pray and God doesn't do that, and is that because we try to figure out the mind of God? What is, what is the mind of God? What is his plan? What is his design? What should I pray for? Because it's what, I, I don't understand what his brain is doing. Why has he not done this? And I find it so interesting that we seek his mind rather than just rely on his character. And I found this really helpful for, for me to sort of figure it out when um, I think about my dad. My dad is a Orange County police officer, retired. Uh, so, but my, I grew up with a police officer in the 80s and 90s, and there was a huge gang war on. And so there were, I had been in multiple shootings um, I, as a child, as a teenager. Um, they were, at some point when I was a child, they were, um, gang members were following police officers home and then doing home invasions in their family. So we lived in quite a lot of danger. They were doing drive-by shootings of police officers' families. And, uh, and so I lived in a lot of danger, and my dad was always looking on, perceiving thing. And so my job, I remember at four years old, I was taught, you always walk alongside dad on his non-gun hand, because he was always armed. So you always stay on his left-hand side so that in case something goes down, he has his right-hand side. If we need to exit quickly, my job is to stay on his left and stay close to him on his shoulder so that he knows where I am, so that when he has to deal with any sort of enemies that are coming, then he doesn't have to worry about where I am. I knew how to jump on the bottom seat if we were getting carjacked. I knew how to find cover, not concealment. I was ready for this thing. But it means that in normal everyday life, I'll be walking with my dad, and my dad goes, do me a favor for me, just come on my left-hand side. And I'm like, okay. And I'll just walk on his left-hand side, which I know means that he perceives a threat. But because I'm eight, I don't care. I'm on the correct side that I'm supposed to be doing. So I keep telling my story. I did not once turn to my dad and go, why? What do you perceive? What are you thinking about doing right now? Because I need to understand it before I choose to trust in the character. There was no question for me of needing to understand what he was doing. My job was to just be where I'm supposed to be 
because he was going to take care of it all. And there was a sense of, of a real safety, not in the environment. The environment didn't change. My confidence in who I was with made me safe. And I didn't need to understand it. He never had to explain why he wanted me on the other side or why we're crossing the road or why I just needed to pause or uh, why I just needed to hold something. Like, fine, sure. <laughs> i just wait. Uh, and I would wait. I would trust on the one who knew what was going on. And uh, it drives me nuts when I watch movies, when they're like, when someone's like, come out of here, and pe people are like, why? Explain to me what's happening. I'm like, that's not what's going to happen. The person who knows what's happening is going to say, get out of the way, and you're like, yes, sir, I will. <laughs> because you know something that I don't. You know what I mean? And there is something about God knows something that I don't. And if the God who is loving, faithful, powerful, just, merciful, tells me, that I just need to look at him and tell him, God, you are just, do something, then that's what I'm going to do. I don't have to understand it to trust in it. Yeah. And I think, for me, that's what helps me get out of the why. Yeah. When I got cancer, I didn't go, why? I thought, where am I supposed to be? <laughs> where am I supposed to be so that you are the fullness of you, God? There is something of, of looking at the character of God rather than trying to argue with understanding the mind of God that scripture says we'll never be able to fully understand anyway. Because the character of God is, um, is what it is. Also, if you want some tactics on how to deal with things, I can teach you. Because now I'm that person who's like, I sit with my back to the wall so I can survey all that is in front of me. <laughs> because when you're raised with someone who is safe, then they teach you how to perceive the safest. And you become the character that uh, you hang out with most. Um, right. So for me, when you know the character of God, then you learn what to ask. You learn what to ask for. And the journey of a Christian is learning the character of God. And I think sometimes we don't know what to ask because we feel like we only have God is love and that's all we got. And we don't know the justice or the mercy. And we maybe don't have experiences of those things. And that is okay. This is an ongoing journey of a life with God. And that is why we read scripture. And that is why we listen to sermons. And that is why we worship with lots of different songs. So that we can constantly be exposed to more and more of who God is. And what he does. And what we can rely on. And so when we get to a place that we say, it is so hard, we can then say, you are powerful. So get up, God, and show your power. God, we need help. You are the helper, God, and so come bring your help. You are the promise keeper. So God, keep your promise to what you said that you would walk next to me. There is something about, about calling out who he is and saying, so do that, God, is where our ask is positioned. She can look too. Asking changes us. I find the position of I know you, so be you, a much more peaceful position than, oh, please, God, help me. Please, God, help me. Maybe if I can get your attention. And it's even more peaceful than I think I've been good enough to deserve this, God. Putting myself in the position of, I know who you are, and so be you, God, I'm looking for it, is the most peaceful position because it's the only thing that I can be sure of. When I'm not sure where I'm going to make my gas bill for this month, I do know that God is the provider. Yeah. 
And so I can say, God, please provide. And however you're choosing to do that, um, however you choose it to do that, I've stopped trying to micromanage how God is himself in my circumstance. Sometimes I'd be like, this is how you're going to solve my problem, God. Do this one narrow thing that I've demanded. And then I'm like, what are you doing? When actually he's something better and deeper and powerful and more wonderful than what I could have asked for. Um, when I, like, I'm going to bring it back to the end. When I had cancer, I want him to heal me. But actually what he taught me while it was going through that was so much more valuable than had he did that. Because what I said was God come close to me and walk me through this and heal me. And he healed a lot of bits of me. And it wasn't just physical through that process. God is better than we can give him credit for because he knows many more solutions to the problems that we have. For instance, we're looking at this war, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's Ethiopia, whether it's South Sudan, whether it's Ukraine. We think we have the solution. Just stop it. But God can turn all things for good. And he may be right now helping in ways that I cannot see and do not know and laying 30 years of foundations for healing of a nation that I don't even know what's going on. I don't think he sent this war, but I think he's so good that he can turn all things for good. And so I pray, help these people and rescue those that are in need because this is who you are, God. So be the fullness of who you are, however you choose to. Help them, God, help them, God, and help the Russian soldiers that are there that they will meet you in different ways and that they will experience peace in ways and they will experience grace. Did you see that video that was going around of a Russian soldier who was really upset? Uh, so he gave up. And um, there were Ukrainians who surrounded him and gave him food and um, gave him a video call to his mom because he was scared and didn't know what. And I was like, that, that is a piece of God right there. That is a piece of God right there. And um, when I say help, I mean stop everybody, disappear all the tanks and make the war stop. And God's like, no, I'm going to help in deeper, deeper, more powerful ways than I can imagine. So I can call help because that is who you are. When we look at social media and influencers out there and the ones that we see, the, the art that's coming out, and you think, oh, God, you love them so much, and the art that they're creating can be damaging, can be interesting, can be, God, change the way our world works. We can pray for Brixton bullies, and we can pray for YouTubers, and we can pray for Minecraft Green, and we can pray for those influencers that are existing because God loves them just as much as he loves me. And he has placed creativity in some of these social influencers that were like, I wish they would stop. Actually, I wish they would be redeemed because I would love to hear what their redeemed art would sound like. Um, there is so much of what God is presenting that we can do. In financial stress, I can say, you own the goats on a thousand hills. It's not goats, is it? Cows. You have a lot of money, Lord. And you are the provider, and you say you're going to provide. So I'll look for however you provide that. And whatever that form is, I say yes and amen to it, God. Rise up and give me what I need to be provided for. Um, and a medical diagnosis, all, everything that comes up. You are the healer. You are the seer. You are the one who is the surgeon of all things. You made my body. There's so much that we can do. We become steady when our eyes focus on the who. And what I find powerful is the promise is not that he will do it exactly the way we want it. The promise is that he will be who he is. In the New Testament, I love this. I see people who are in a storm, and the storm calms, and I see people who are in a storm, and they get shipwrecked. And, and both times, God is still bringing about 
his kingdom on earth. And the shipwreck, a whole bunch of people saw a new miracle because Paul was shipwrecked. And then they were like, who is this God? And it was this whole thing. And then when God calmed the storm, people were like, who are you, Jesus? Both times, people saw God in a new way. My job is to look at God and see who he is and ask him to be the fullness of him and say yes to it. Because, because my goal, very selfishly, is always my comfort. <laughs> and he has bigger and better plans than just that, too. For my healing and for becoming more like Jesus and for the community around him to know him better. We pray boldly because he hears. He always is who he is. And when we turn her, our eyes to see him, we're going to see the fullness of what he is doing, no matter what our circumstance. And that's what roots me in the storm. That's what roots the Ukrainians who are singing worship songs in a bunker. Because they're looking for who he is and are calling for his help. So how do we do this? This is a tool that uh, we are to look at. Well, when I was looking through the Psalms, I, uh, I love there's this two-handed approach. It's, they're, they're very loosey-goosey about the whole thing. Uh, sometimes they start with, you are this God. You are the God of this and this and this. And so do this. So uh, in, for instance, where is this one? <laughs> oh. In God whose word I praise. In the Lord whose word I praise. In God I trust and I am not afraid. What can man do to me? The sense of this is you are God. You are God. You are God. So I'm not afraid. Sometimes you start with this God thing. You are my strength. I watch for you. God, you are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. Several times you start off with the, this is you are God. You are the healer, and so heal me. You are the rescuer, and so do this. The flip side is to say, God, bring down wrath upon my enemies. I'm going to I can find another one in here. <laughs> There's loads of them. You just flip through. Um, and over and over and over again, you just see this thing. Hear me, O my God, as I voice my complaint. Protect my life from the threats of my enemy. And it goes on and on and on and on. And then at the end it says, but God will shoot them with his arrows. They will suddenly be struck down. And you end with who is God. So you may want to start in any circumstance with you are God. You are this. This is who you are. And so do this, God. If sometimes you're facing a situation and you're like, I don't know what to pray. Something starting with, this is who you are, and so do this, is a really helpful start. And other times, you know exactly what you want God to do. And, and what happens is if I don't end with the you are, then it's just me feeling powerless in a corner. But if you start and say, God, I am facing, I'm going to the, so for me personally, I'm getting investigations. And uh, so to say, you know, God, I'm going into this investigation, and I'm scared, and I don't know what's happening, God. God, heal me right now, and if you don't heal me, let them see the thing that it's supposed to be, and then let them figure it out, because, God, you are the healer, and there's nothing that is beyond your sight, and there's nothing beyond your touch, and there's nothing beyond your skill, because you are the healer, and you are God. If I just started with, I'm scared and fix it, I don't find my spirit rise in boldness. If I say, oh God, I need you to fix it, because you completely can, and you'll do it in however you want to do it, I say, yes, God, then I end in boldness. Either way, you got you are God, and you got what I need. There's no formula for how to lament. There's just your way of lamenting. But however you do it, 
you are God, and I am open to however you do it. So God, these are my emotions, and this is what I'm looking for, and you are God, or start with this. And so I just wanted to give us a moment to try that. Uh, I don't have anything in paper for you, and your bodies are going to stay in their positions. Like, I know, it's weird, it's me, and I'm letting you stay there, but it'll be fine. So uh, what I just wanted to try is I want you to think of circumstance that you're in, that you have been feeling a, a need to lament about, but you've been feeling powerless in. It could be the war, it could be finances, it could be medical, it could be anything. At home in YouTube, please do join us. What are you thinking of? And now I want you to tell God how you feel about it. Because we start with telling him our emotions. We bring it to God. And you can chat in your heads. You can whisper it. You can draw it. And if you know what you want God to do about it, then tell him. And if you're not sure, then start off with you are. What is this? And tell him. started off telling him what you wanted to do. Now you move into saying, because you are. And if you started off saying, God, you are these things, and you tell him, because you are this, do this. And so, God, we look for what you are doing. We know that you are an active God out there in the world, moving and healing and providing and caring and being the fullness of you. And so, God, we say yes to it. Hear our cry, God. Train our eyes to see what you are doing, that we may call to you and you will answer us. Train our eyes that we may see all the places that you are moving. Thank you that you love us and that you hear us. You can do that anytime. You can do it while driving, walking. It can take you half a minute. You can do it for hours. However you choose to do it, it, it is yours to look like you. I know people who do this by playing worship songs for the you are, and I know some people who are artists. You make it look like you because there is no formula for this. There's just an authentic crying out to God telling him what you need and declaring who he is or starting off with who he is and saying because of that sprinkle all of you-ness all over these things but make it look like you because that is the the joy that jesus purchased for us was that it can look like us in relationship with god <laughs>